0: Welcome to the official Scottish Rugby podcast. I'm Caroline Blair, and lining up alongside me this week is the man himself, Chris Patterson. No Rachel Malcolm this week, but we coffee. Eh? Yeah, we coffee. <laughs> well deserved, though. We will be dissecting what was a cracker of an encounter between her Scotland women's team and the USA. Taking a look back. To a busy weekend of Fozrock Super Six and tenants' Premiership action, and getting stuck into the talking points from the Rugby Championship. That plus we'll be catching up with Scotland Sevens head coach Kieran Beattie and captain Jamie Farndale. They were warm and sunny in LA. Slightly less picture, uh, less warm picture for you and I, Chris. Uh, so let's kick off. <laughs> but we're in person. With, hey, we are. Yeah. As there's nothing beats a bit of eye contact no. with a, a podcast. Scotland women at the weekend. What a game that was.
1: Proper test match, wasn't it? Um, it's quite uh, it's quite difficult to sum up in many ways because it ultimately ended in defeat as a game could have won. There was you know, five p- um, positions different in the world rankings. We were ranked 10th, they were ranked 5th in the world. And listening to the the USA chat beforehand and afterwards, they're gunning for glory at World Cup. They, they believe they can win silverware. It's a real target for them. Um,
0: and they brought that, they, that Yeah, and
1: that's it. And that's what I mean. It was a proper test match. Some of their individuals were, were outstanding, some real cracking players, but matched toe-to-toe by, by ours. Um, and that, I think the best way to say is that like, well, that was a proper test match. It was probably a test match that we would have been blown away in uh, maybe seven or two years, 18 months ago in terms of physicality, in terms of clarity and uh, composure. Um, but it's frustrating that we didn't get on the right side of the result. But, and, and that's how... That's how well prepared and well organised and and well conditioned I thought the women were that um, that sometimes we would have celebrated that as a performance, but I feel as if we're disappointed not to win against a top top team.
0: And actually, adding on to that, right from the off, the, f- the first try, you know, mm. it was a narrow. First of all, it was a, it was a narrow defeat. It was seventeen twenty one. That first five minutes, the try after that, was straight, you know, perfect mm. training training manual. <laughs> Driving mall over the line, Lana Skelton from her own throw-in, which was clini- very clinically yeah.
1: executed. Well, that's what I said about composure and about quality and execution. It was There were so many times in the game where, I think, Scotland women in, in, in the past would have lost their composure. Uh, there was a real clarity in what they were trying to do, how they were trying to execute it. That started with, with Lana's try. Convert Benelli as well. Um, and. That was against the top side under pressure. There was other moments that I picked out. Just after half-time, I thought we started really well in the start of the second half, threatening with the ball in hand, and then uh, we turned over possession. They had the scrum. Their number eight, who was brilliant, Zachary, okay, incredible uh, you know, player, captain, performance, she broke away, <laughs> almost scored. Chloe, you know, mm-hmm. you know, dragged her down, sent it to shot the line, and it went to the TMO. So there was a situation where we were, had started the second half well, applied pressure onto them, and then completely rocked by a, f- a brilliant piece of freakish running and skill from, from their Skipper went to TMO we got the rub of the green a little bit um, it was quite interesting the, the kind of dialogue there between Joy Neville she didn't state No, it was a try I find this interesting and, and I, I don't and, and I think it's because she you know, it was, it was so hard, and I think the protocol is that the, the on-field referee has to state it. But because she said that, and they came, to, I think the ultimate, the right agreement between her and Ben Whitehouse, because it, I think she did lose control of the ball, but you couldn't quite prove it. So she said, if her on-field decision was a try, I don't think it was any conclusive enough to disprove it. Um, but anyway, so rubbing the green a little bit there, but then where having you know sat so well, and then being rocked by that almost try, the 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 composure and clarity after that was brilliant defended, scrambled defence, won a penalty, won a second penalty, close to the line, kicked it up towards halfway, won another penalty uh, and it ultimately ended up the Jade being held up over the line. So so that 100-yard or 200-yard turnaround from conceding 100 yards to 100 yards and then being held up in the line was an example of the composure and the clarity they had. They didn't panic that they'd been split open after starting well. Um, and also, to add to that, ultimately, they didn't cross the line, didn't get the try. And the last three minutes of the clock being in the red was again a real clarity. Yeah. No panic. Again we didn't so quite composed. Get, Didn't quite get over, didn't quite make it.
0: But we didn't stop. It was a relentless and that's onslaught. Hard to <laughs> do. That's hard to
1: do when you know that every single catch and pass when the clock's in the red, that's this is game robust. Um and ultimately it took some heroic defence from the Eagles who were out on their feet at the end. So like yes, it wasn't the the perfect product because we didn't get the win, we didn't, you know, capitalise from those two instances instances I'm on about, but there was a real competitive, proper test match edge against one of the top teams in the world.
0: So I, I took my five-year-old son to that game and he was absolutely mm. captivated from start to finish. And what was really enjoyable about that was it was the same energy that he, he watches from inside the bowl mm. here at, at BT Murrayfield. Mm-hmm. So that that energy, the fans, what, what they're trying to do there is, is there's really... A massive massive there's, a, there's, a, there's a massive connection. There's a
1: massive connection.
0: There was a, about 100 fans yeah. lined up at the end of the yeah. game waiting. I also think
1: as well, like, the women who are players are, are so natural in mm-hmm. their interaction, <laughs> and <laughs> it, it looks like they enjoy it. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody enjoys it, but there's times I can tell you as a player that you see the importance, of you see the value, but was it, really, listen, I'm hurting, I'm aching, I need to get in, I need to get my focus on next week, I need to get my recovery. And it is, at times, it's it's something you always do and you always will do, and 99% of the time you enjoy it, but there's times where you don't. And coming off a test match like that, I could understand if some of the the women were like, listen, we just need to get back in. But they don't. The engagement, the the behaviour... It really works and and the players get that back from the fans during the game.
0: And that tunnel um effectively the open air <laughs> tunnel uh, that links for Edinburgh and for for Scotland women there that tunnel is such an important mm-hmm. connection. It is a game changer from a fans point of view having that direct connection yeah. with the player but as you say maybe perhaps not always welcome on <laughs> well, the it,
1: it is it is always welcome but I think it just underlined how how can kind he of special the group of players have that, that take that time and enjoy it. And and to be honest it's it's three hits it's well. It's probably more than that, it's probably four hits if you include the, the kind of journey back to the changing room after a warm up journey onto the pitch and then yeah. half time and full time there's there's three or four hits and you can can kind you of see it building where I mean, the security staff won't thank me for this but it's obviously a congregation point and everybody yeah. scurries to their seats and scurries back so there is an engagement and um, the, the fans certainly enjoy it uh, the, the players enjoy it and I think in equal measure the, the, there's a lot of, kind of mutual respect and you need that you need you need everybody inside to be successful and uh, i think i think the the team will be successful at performances that spain in two weeks time september the, 11th yeah, is that correct? yeah that's right on sunday that'll be the the next uh the next focus um I, we, just actually it's a week off you know as we know because rachel's not here uh <laughs> she's back she's allowed <laughs> back home for a week um but there's an optional session on just at the moment I'm just off the training field at the moment with Edinburgh and there's an optional session and an optional window for training session and Everybody who's available is out training at the moment that will be involved, that were involved last week, that will potentially be involved against Spain. So yeah, I might there's be entire, nod to...
0: entirely biased, but you know, I can't stress enough. You. That was £12 for my ticket, a pound for my mm. son's ticket. That was the best 13 mm. quid I've spent. What mm. a day out that was. You did mention briefly Chloe's uh, incredible try saving tackle. Twice. Uh, tw- <laughs> yeah. uh, she marked her, her 50th. What an incredible achievement for uh, her. You'll remember your 50th. What will that moment have been like
1: for her? Oh, amazing. Uh, my 50th wasn't as great, I threw an interception against South Africa out there, actually. Ooh. That's a bit of a amount. Every <laughs> time I mention my career, I just bring back bad things that happen. You can see it, well, I wonder, that was 2004 or five, I think, maybe. So, yeah, probably that's, that's that's
0: a... I mean, it's not the Halseyin days, no, but we But you can see it still hurts all <laughs> these years later.
1: Um, but no, amazing achievement uh, for Chloe, and has always been a star player. Um, think of the touches his skill think back to games at Broadwood where she was playing at 15 and injections of pace attacking kicks bits of skill and you can almost every game she's played in you can think of like a big moment she's involved in counter attack or defence and I think she's getting better and better She um big part of the team um, and because you know somebody's getting better and better and they're reaching 50 gaps that's a really good sign that means there's there's, there's more and more to come good for the team good for the close individual and you can see it meant it always means something, but that that try-saving tackle on, on Zachary with the breakaway and the one right at the end or, or towards the end is um, that's a good picture to be seeing.
0: And at, at the other end, of course, you know debuts for Eliane mm. Clark and Ailish Martin. You know Ellie, Ellie Clark marking it with the uh, winning the scrum, mm. not not the worst way to go. What the girls, uh, what the women are fantastic at doing is the social media side of things, really engaging. I would like to put it to you. Are you ever going to get on Instagram nah, or TikTok? No, that's not what I think. No, I can see, I can nah, see that we're contemptuous. I, I would, Are we
1: dance I on I the I can't really imagine anybody being interested in somebody as dull as me on <laughs> no. that. Uh, and Are... nah, I, listen, I see the value in it. I absolutely see the value in it. Um, and I think it's just probably because I'm older. <laughs> uh,
0: Wiser there some white uh, sacred. I don't know. Like, it? it's, it's funny. It,
1: um, I do think some things should be sacred within a squad, though.
0: What would you say were? I the think inside things?
1: the changing room mm-hmm. pre match, post match, this this probably won't go down too well and it's because I'm old and I'm not on social media, but I do think the the ability to experience feeling and emotion that you've worked so hard for, I think should be sacrosanct in some ways for those who who've done it. Um I, I totally understand and it's the best but everybody wants to see I get it. But and I'm and I'm old and it wasn't an, even an option in our day. I mean, cameras really didn't come into chain rooms or there wasn't that engagement maybe that is so obvious now. Uh, Do
0: you think it's possible to replicate that intimacy that you're you're saying that you get from a squad environment where you've put it all on the field, in the training, building up to a game, you win, you lose, that moment does should belong to the squad?
1: I, I can see both sides. I can see both sides. But for me personally... And maybe it's because I'm so old and selfish. I think some things should really be for the special moment that you can only share. I think that's what makes the journey, that's what makes the the achievement something that can't be replicated, because you can't replicate it. Not everybody gets to do it. And listen, I can see both sides, uh, and I know I'll be I'll be up against it here. Or, you know, uh, in the minority. But I do think I think some things should and there probably there probably will be. There will be things that are really sacred and the players will have that no one else gets access to, not even coaches, not even staff. Nothing. I think there's moments that, as a team, you share that are for you, mm-hmm. and you can't be replicated. Replicated. Um, who knows? That's well,
0: considering the ones we can see, why and the girls, the the women's squad are just so engaging. Yeah. Uh, I I say that because they like everything, and actually, mm-hmm. Chloe sent a message uh, to every single fan. I, I imagine mm-hmm. saying thanks so much for for your support. Which is brilliant, and that's a, is, that, that's, amazing. that's the other side, isn't it? I guess. And, and the,
1: and that's what I mean about how good the the interaction is, and and how the the, the positives of the world we live in now mm-hmm. there is an interaction. And that's exactly what it is. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's certainly different, but it's it's valued. I do see the value in it.
0: Well, you have been uh, when we caught up with you today, you were fresh from Edinburgh. What's what's been going on there ahead of there?
1: Yeah, just working towards the obviously start of uh, preseason games. They play London Scottish uh, weekend. Glasgow uh, hopefully playing Worcester as well. Difficult at Worcester. So um,
0: Glasgow is due to be in Inverness. Inverness there on the road, and, aren't on they? Friday. In yeah. Edinburgh.
1: Uh, in Edinburgh at, the at home on, on, on Friday evening as well. Um, so it's funny. It's it's this. There's just both sides, and there's just desperate want to play. Understand. you get that every every week of the year in season, but it's it's heightened at the start of a a a pre season where you have spent all this time training, you you can only prepare so much, you can't get that that on fuel replication of intensity of physicality, of heart, of pain, of celebration until you start playing games and it's I think the the not the one and only time, but certainly one of the few times where it's a clean slate, everybody's in the same foot and, and this is you know, this is where the season starts. Put your marker down and it's a competitive um environment absolutely. So so being able to Get that opportunity to start or certainly playing the first game is important a lot of the internationalists won't be available because they're you know not, um it's you know, played much later into the, the end of last season on tour um and there'll be nervousness there as well i can remember that you miss the first pre-season game you know what if somebody wait a minute what if somebody <laughs> comes in and so there's a desperation for you to get back and that that, just drives that's healthy up. isn't it, for of, the course sport it is. environment. of course it is um and it, it makes it more and more difficult for the coaches uh to select a team Understand the team to find out where, where the team are, Um but you have to hit the ground running. You've two two warm up games, and then it's straight into URC action.
0: Is it hard for those that are um, away on uh, later leave, not not longer later leave? Is it, uh, do they have a condensed fitness window then to, to operate within that? That's surely yeah, quite quite challenging on it body. Is,
1: it is. It's um, it used to it. your body's condition and used to it now. Quite often the players who've been away in international duty or, or, or later have had a. Not all, but most of them have had a a longer, what we call, training age. So they're more used to getting your body in the right shape in, in a shorter period, whereas quite a lot of the players who maybe have a whole pre-season actually maybe haven't had as much rugby age or or, or physical training age, so they have to kind of understand the body of what works, what doesn't work for them more, or maybe they haven't played as many games, so they need more time. So I guess that what you're looking for is week one of URC, everybody's ready to go. Whether you've needed a long build-up or a short build-up, you're ready to go. And there's everybody's fit. You're competitive. You understand what your goals and objectives and and the pressures are, are on for the year, and you and you get on delivering.
0: So you've got your warm-ups, uh, but your pre-season friendlies, as we call them. But then you've got your league matches coming up thereafter. Do, does the the planning and the preparation is it the same for both types of games? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a there's a overall kind of periodization that strength and conditioning coaches, because it's hard to ask a player to peak for, what was it, near on 40 weeks a year, to, there'll be peaks and troughs, so you have to manage that squad And but yeah, the preparation will be the, the whole idea of, for me anyway a pre-season match is to replicate what you're going to have to face when there's league points on, on, the, on the table so you, making sure you understand what you need to do in pre-season is really important, so keep it the same and, and listen, there'll be I don't know what how many players will play uh, you know in the games it'll be greater than 23 man squads absolutely um but over the two weeks it's it's hard for coaches to have 45 50 players perhaps you know maybe getting half an hour one week 50 minutes the next or vice versa incorporating all different plays and strategies and trying to move your game on from the season before because the analysis of what you did the season before will be scrutinized so you have to change your game what do you keep it's hard with only two pieces in matches, so you really have to get your bang for your buck in every minute you're involved in.
0: Well, whenever we talk about strength and conditioning, the first thing I think about is the Sevens team. No <laughs> me,
1: no me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the HSBC World Rugby Seven Series, of course, came to a close in LA at the weekend. Uh, we were having a wee chat earlier, weren't we, with uh, Head Coach Caden Beattie and Captain Jamie Farndale as they are preparing for the Rugby World Cup Sevens in South Africa next week. Well, gents, thanks for joining us on the back of what's been a, a big weekend for Scotland Sevens. Plenty to unpack. Uh, Jamie, we'll come to you first a huge weekend for you personally, marking your fiftieth series event. That's a staggering achievement, uh, and you're one of only five Scots to hit that number. How how was that moment for you?
2: To be honest, it never really sunk in. Vito actually sat me down during the week and said, "You know, you, you need to you need to take a moment for yourself and, and you know have a think about this," because I was just sort of preparing for it as any other tournament. And then um had a few nice messages come through. Um, so yeah, it, it sort of it sort of sinks in then, and, and you have a think back over. Um, you know all, the, all these moments that I think you probably take in a bit more when you when you've played a bit more. You know when when you're younger, you're just charging about the pitch and, and it's all energy and excitement. But I suppose when you get up to up to sort of 40, 50 tournaments, you, you realise how special it is. So now it was it was it was really nice. Yeah.
1: Just to list other five. Sorry, Callum, Scott Rodell, Colin McGregor, yeah, no. Andy Turnbull, uh, and Robo, Mark Robertson. It's, it's no bad company, Jamie. It's no bad company. It's... Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: And not content with that as well, Jamie. Yours was then uh, named try of the series at the awards ceremony in LA on Sunday night as well. Uh, go big or, or go home for your finish against New Zealand and Toulouse. That actually is probably one of my all-time favourite tries. How does that one uh, fare on, on your list of highlights it's out of the what, 126 you've crossed?
2: <laughs> oh, well, if you've seen the try, um, I can't take too much credit. It's, take uh, it, it's take cool. it, take it, take it. You, you had to support
1: it. and finish it. <laughs> yeah. on, <laughs>
2: Kaleem wow. Benetto,
0: he gave you a cracking uh, crack a little bit.
2: Oh, the little magician, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it, it is it is really cool. And it's, I suppose, well, beatles come into this role and he really wanted to push. Scotland sevens and, and the way we play rugby, this sort of exciting brand of rugby, and, and push the envelope on these things. The offloads, the, the support lines, and players like Kaleem that can do can do what he can do, then yeah, makes it makes it easy
1: for me. <laughs> it, it's funny that because um, like it, that used to be a risk player, like oh, players doing that sort of thing, those kind of offloads, no loop passes, out the back of hand, that used to be a risk. But now, even in that example, for those who've seen it, it's totally under control it's completely the right decision it's well executed and we see it so often is that is, does that happen through hard work at training obviously a bit of leniency in terms of encouragement to, to try it but what used to be a risky pass is now quite safe is that just through just time on task
3: i, I think like my philosophy with that is that it, it, you're right it is a risk if, if you don't speak about i've got to have the accountability of actually coaching it and actually say look oh. When are we offloading when are we not what cues are you picking up so i mean there and the, that one example felim's line broken is is sighted farms or then drawing all the defenders one way and he knows if he pops into the space because we've practiced this and we're talking about the line not just the pass and pushing the pass and where where it put the ball in the space but actually the lines of support lines that running there's there's a percentage comes into it so it wasn't just a, a no look the ball in the space is there's actually discussions and practice went into it but and it, and it comes off and it looks awesome i mean there's some you watch that Super game at the weekend some of them don't come off there's a bit of a roll of dice <laughs> with it like that as you say there's um there's a far safer way of playing but i think the boys are enjoying that freedom um and i hope everybody that's watching it gets inspired by that and enjoys it as well so um no it's, it's pretty cool it's nice it's nice for scotland sevens to win that mate win that try this season as well and, and fully deserved as well. I think we've actually got a few in the bank that was good as well, personally, but um, that one was pretty cool.
0: I mean, you de- definitely left New Zealand in, in the rear view mirror there as, as you did that dart up the, up the pitch, Jamie. We were exhausted watching you. How have you enjoyed your, your own sevens journey and, and getting to this point? 126 tries, especially Luke, bearing in the context of, of that weekend being the last HSBC mm-hmm. Tournament uh, event that Scotland's going to feature as a unit.
2: Yeah, it's these, you know, reflecting on the on the 50th gap. But what I was sort of thinking about was these moments um, and these emotions, like these emotions that you'd never ever get to feel in, in any other job. You know, high and low sevens is absolutely brutal, and that weekend there was was no exception. Um, you know, we were down to nine players by the end. Um, it was hot. You know, it was it was tough. There were short turnarounds between games and we came together beforehand as, as you say, it's the last time Scotland sevens played together in the series. And, and we talked about what that meant to us. Um, you know, it was Robbie Ferguson. He's, he's, he's flying back his, his wife, Gabby's due any day now. And um, so it was his last game in, in a Scotland sevens Jersey. And we, we talked about all that and what it meant and, you know, that's words. And, and, you know, we really meant that, but then when it comes to game six on the pitch and you're down to nine players, shoulder to shoulder, you know, going out there and just, just fighting, um, that, that, really encapsulates you know what it's about and, and it's it's brutal. It's it's so so tough but it brings you so close together and there's there's no sport like it, genuinely.
1: We've spoken so many times, every time we've spoken about Sevens and, and how hard it is, physically hard, demanding a game it was when I played twenty years ago. And the game is just completely at a different level now to it ever was. There was virtually no physicality when I played, but it was really, really hard. Now you add that physicality and the tactical decision-making and the just the pressure. Yes, rolling subs help to a ex- certain extent, but you're asking humans to do something pretty much obscene with it, with the fitness levels and keep your, your head under pressure. I mean, look at the results from England uh, from the weekend. Good wins against England, Spain and Wales. Um, and in that sixth game we talk about falling short against France you mentioned Robbie Ferguson was injured as well although he's, he's, he's flown home Rhys Cullen was injured uh, Russ McCann Jordan Erdmann. so these are big players Beato, for you you had young players backs playing in the forwards how do, how do you it's part and parcel of it isn't it because it is so hard and you are asked to do so many different bits and pieces but how do you in such a short time gather your thoughts set the I suppose the standards that you expect and then execute on the field because it's there's a lot being asked, isn't there? That there is, and
3: it's it's the boys, it's uh, it's the, man, the team round about as well. So we have got Sean Lamont, is a and and I thought marriage. he
1: might have to play by the end we'll well, <laughs> of.
3: No, it it disappointing that the boys were asking for him instead of me, but he well. I, I it's got a bit of pedigree behind them, so that's fair enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're you know we're, it's it's everyone like we just even the injured guys, yeah, mm-hmm. they're they're sore like Jordy's hurt his knee ross's hurt his ankle ross's as soon as he's done he's grabbing a laptop off of me and he's starting to look at Wales. he's mm-hmm. like geordie's sitting out there watching the in um, france you know he's picking mm-hmm. and then they're all just chipping in they're sitting there and for two days everyone just absolutely digs in mm-hmm. and you just make the best of it and um, you know it, in terms of guys like stepping up it's just you, you turn to you turn to people like this, and you're like, right, he, he knows he's playing 14, 14, 14, <laughs> he's just got it, and <laughs> he did not buy an eyelid, and, and neither does any, like the young guys, and um, I thought Finn Callahan, you know, he's, he's had a tough old year, and he just stepped up, Ross, Ross McCann, world-class sevens player, goes down, Finn just steps up, and and he comes into that role. Matt Davidson steps into that role for Robbie Ferguson, and they just—it's amazing who comes to the fore. But you need you need good people round about it, and that's that's what happens. And it, it fans touched touching it like those moments, almost like, are special. You could you either sink or swim. I just feel like we we spoke we speak a lot about it, like Scottish spirit and stuff, but sevens really brings that to the fore quite quickly because it gets tough very quickly and um, i was actually sitting there thinking like what what is wrong with us <laughs> Why <are we> here? <laughs> and then but it's awesome it's, it's beautiful on the other side isn't it you, you yeah. come through
1: you just say like, that was incredible to do that and um, that's it yeah totally i mean you you actually the harder something is to achieve the better it feels and yeah. even you know, even the small successes, small wins, the, the wins in tournament, the progression to cup, um, do you know the the cany kind of get into the next round, all those it's not just about the final score at the end of the day, but everything you get in sevens, everything achieved is really, really hard. So and, and as you say, Jamie as well, sometimes the the really, really miserable bits where there's a lot of travel, there's a lot of time away, there's a lot you know physically it's demanding and draining but the highs are the highs are pretty high aren't they? when you do have to work hard for them it's genuinely why I, why i love sevens
2: so so much uh and you know we talked about it, well as you get on through a, through a tournament like this it's, it's ones like this you that you remember you know for the rest of your career because you you, you come through these really hard spots and that, that circle gets smaller and smaller as you meet um you know pre going out there's there's a few less there but you just get tighter and tighter and and you yeah we really lent into that and embraced it and just said right we're, we're going out fighting we're going out playing the Scottish Way, and it's it's moments like that that, that that you remember for the rest of your career. Yeah,
0: Karen, how do you keep that cohesion off the field as well? Because you do have tight times, you've got intense schedules, uh, you've got a squad who is tired, homesick at times, traveling the world. It's great that you're getting to go to these incredible destinations. Do you actually get time to spend in them and to enjoy the the, the scenes? And and how do you keep the cohesion in the squad?
3: Yeah, it's I mean it, it looks so it looks like most things. It, it looks very glamorous but there's a no reality and part of it is part of it is like we feel very privileged to do what we do represent scotland and go to these great places and we do get you know we do get a chunk of time to actually go and enjoy i think that's important go and enjoy the venues we're in but there's a lot of graft that goes in the background of it like there's um, you know we're, we're up what, six half six sometimes down by the poolside we're doing like, um, activation and then we're meeting still at nine o'clock at night. And, like the food, of the day's full, and that's just what what we have to do. And so there's there's a lot of graph that goes into it. But I think like on your point, there, it is important. We we do speak a lot how privileged we are and actually getting to go to these places. Like we're in LA, which is pretty cool. We had a recovery day. We usually do a recovery day minus two. Um, minus two days part of that recovery is a mental refresher as well that's really important we don't period we don't speak about rugby so um, I think boys went to the beach didn't you and it's like just how, how cool was that they just get to sit on the beach in LA and, and do their thing <laughs> you know it's pretty awesome and we'll do the same Cape town we'll make sure we try and experience some of the south african culture as well because again that's unique to sevens is talking about the world and, and enjoying it but it's not as much as you think, and I certainly, I certainly tell my wife that. Yeah. I mean, she <laughs> probably like, it's work, it's business. Uh, and, and actually, can we edit that? I've not got any recovery days. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, it's a safe answer. Um,
0: also, did you ever, did you ever fancy it? Because you, you actually, your career kicked off with a a, a win for gala at Melrose Sevens, did it? Oh, no, yeah. e- early on, way back, and then that kind of kicked things off a bit for you. Did you, did you fancy travelling the world doing a bit of sevens? Well,
1: I, I did. The it's um, actually we we're talking earlier. That was the kind of last World Series World Seven Series event that. Scotland will play in before the change next season um, and uh, there was a big piece of work done to allocate cap numbers and a roll of honour to all the, the, the Sevens players from the, the inception of the World Series. Now, there was Scotland Sevens before the World Series started, but it started in 1999 and I, I was actually lucky enough to be in the first tournament. I played in the first one in Dubai in 99, Um and it, there was only Sevens tournament I played in. I was chosen to play, I think, in Hong Kong in the match later, but I was called into the, the national team for the for the Six Nations, so that kind of run concurrently at the same time, obviously, and there wasn't really a specific sevens as such. So I loved it. I mean, I, well, I hated it and loved it an equal measure. It just that you see, you never really—I never really got huge and nervous for games or concerned about games internationally, round the world, World Cups, Fifteens. But there was a nervous energy for sevens that I think is unrivalled because of how you knew you were going to feel. Like genuinely, it wasn't really what was going to happen, or if you were going to play. Well, it was just this nervous energy. I, I realized, you know, 15 minutes' time, I'm going to be absolutely exhausted, like just, you know, unable to put one foot in front of the other. And then this magical second wind appeared, and you go and you play four or five ties, and, and you're like, how did I manage? How did I achieve that? So I, I enjoyed Simmons. As I say, when I played, it was far less physical. There was um, even changes, like there would always be a sweeper in behind. So there was, you know, more space up front now. It's pretty much seven brilliant defenders who can jack up possession, who can dominate contact. There's you know far more decision making. It was it was a game of kind of freedom and attack mindedness when I played. It was hard, but it was it was real attack minded. Whereas now, and I was touching it before that the requirements of a seventh player are brilliant, and I think in terms of development for for players, develop. Yeah, you might not be scrumming and lifting the line out. Well, you do lifting You do scrum, but maybe not preparatory for a fifteens. But what it gives an individual in terms of the ability to deal with pressure, the ability to play in front of crowds, the ability to have their skills under extreme pressure in terms of catch pass. Your defence, uh, you know, is is tested. There's more space, and you're against pretty hot steppers, so your defence has to be on point, your footwork, everything. So great, great hard but a, a great part of the part of the game but you uh that's enough of the olden days you 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 guys are <laughs> in l.a but you're moving you're moving soon uh rugby world cup sevens uh 9th to 11th september so uh, next weekend or a week a week uh, ahead um down to cape town you're a bit of time together to prepare for that firstly Keen, the, the injured lads will they stay with you do you think they'll, you know as far as yeah we're want,
3: just we're, to we're just doing a bit of uh, a. um got Jen Sweeting here, who's been brilliant Gav guard so he's back home, Sean obviously, uh, Sean LeMonts are S&C, so they're, they're piecing it all together, jigsawing guys together, um, we've got a bit of time which is good because usually in these two week turnarounds you need to just make, they're not always the right decision, you either you take them or you don't, um, we are a bit barred and bruised, um, not going to lie, but we'll turn a lot of guys around, so we'll find out in the next 48 hours how, how things lie, but um, Look, 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 and first look, up Jamaica. 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 <laughs> Jamaica. I, I mean they they're they played in the Commonwealth Games, they played quite a lot of the World Series as well. So we do know a lot about them. They have wins in them. Like we would we hundred percent not looking beyond that game actually because I've early on in the season especially they were turning they were turning out some big performances. So um I've no doubt they'll be fired up for a World Cup and see it as a good shot against us. Um so we'll be fully focused on that. Um, yeah, try and push our brand, Scottish rugby, as fans have touched on. That's that's quite important to us, but right, we need to get a
1: W there. Have you played them before, Jamie? Have you faced Jamaican focus? Not the, there yeah, won't yeah. be many teams you've not faced, I, I'd imagine. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. They, they, they came into the World Series um, early on this year um, as a sort of a 16th team. So so had a few games against them, and, and yeah. Pizza's exactly right. You're not going to look past them.
1: And it's New Zealand after that. It's two, the, the, the format, there's two pool games and you're split into different stages of championship after that, isn't it? So it's Jamaica, then New Zealand, and then your results are depend on who you play I after that. No,
3: it's actually it's actually knockout. So
1: we're oh, in that. It? It's like Melrose it's 7s. It's like uh-huh. <laughs> or Gala 7s, Ciarán. Or 7s. <laughs> 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 uh, so we're in the preliminary with
3: right. um so we qualified because of where we finished automatically because of where we finished four right. years ago in San Francisco but yes uh, so we've got Jamaica and then if we if we win that game we then have New Zealand so right we have had some really good tussles with them actually it's one of these obviously they're New Zealand and New Zealand New Zealand sevens are they are exceptional they've just won LA seven but we we really go toe to toe with them every time we played them we played them um, they came over for a training kind of games before the commonwealth games we played them three times at oriam mm-hmm. we were just it was, it was just blood and thunder and actually i think there's a bit of confidence against these guys yes yeah. sir, they're excellent but if we we do things well we've got a shot here and um, more than a shot Um so i'm excited about that as soon as it came out i was like here we go
1: did you play with Clark, Clark yeah' the, New Zealand yeah. Simmons coach? Did you play together for we New Scotland Simmons? Yeah, yeah, ah, see, yeah. you'll be picking each other's brains, you'll know each other cancel each other out, you see. Yeah, we uh
3: we drive each other quite a bit. You know what Clark's <laughs> like, he's he's uh he's, uh, he's not short sure of giving you some feedback. <laughs> so, um no, yeah, did you see he was doing the
2: hacker when they won at the weekend, he was at the <laughs> back. He? Uh,
1: did he have his top on?
3: <laughs> Thank oh, God he Clarkley. did, yes. <laughs> he's a better times, but yeah. Uh,
0: how, how does how does the World Cup feel uh, in terms of comparing it with the HSBC uh, tournament in the series? What do you feel a difference as, as player coach? How how does that differ? For me,
2: it's these platforms. Um, you know, I've already sort of spoken about rugby sevens. I, I absolutely love sevens. I love playing it. I love watching it. It is for me. It is just you know the best brand of rugby, and and I just want to share that. And the Commonwealth Games is great for that as a platform. The Rugby World Cup is great for that as a platform. Um, because I think the more people that, that just watch it, they, they just get sucked in. So I think it is special. Um, you know, we have the World Series that, that's great, and I love it. But when you get these one-off events, there there is a little bit of uh, a little bit of something about it that, that's always exciting. Well,
0: looking back, uh, just taking one opportunity, we don't like to look back too much. But you you made your debut for Edinburgh, Jamie, uh, off the bench uh, for uh, Chris Patterson, I believe. Is that right? Back in the Fifteens game. What can uh, you tell not... us about him as a teammate back back in those
1: <laughs> days? I was, <laughs> I was broken down by then.
2: I <laughs> oh, it, it was this weird. Oh, I was just, you know, come straight out of school, sort of starstruck in tra- training with all these guys, and found myself, yeah, yeah, making my debut for for Chris Patterson. <laughs> uh, I, what, 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 what I what remember. It? I, rem- I yeah. remember. I can't remember
1: who we were playing, but remember it was
2: at Murrayfield, was it? It wasn't. It, no, it was Cardiff. Um, it was oh, Cardiff. Came on for me. Oh yeah, it was. It was the week weekend before the Heineken Cup semi
1: final. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Went in, yeah, Went down to Cardiff. Right. It was a week later than we. You came on for me at Treviso because that was my last game. Moneyfield, yeah. so that's sorry. So it was a week before in Cardiff, yeah, yeah. Uh, we lost that yeah. game. I actually missed a tackle on Alex Cuthbert, so that's probably why I got dragged off. <laughs> See, these <laughs> things stick in your memory, it's only about 12 years ago. <laughs> I, never... I'm, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm, I bet you're glad I brought this up then. Uh... Uh, exactly, I,
1: I, <laughs> I, I, I remember when you came in, Jamie, at, at first. I remember um, Simon Webster, who was, was playing Webbo we know well. And yeah, he, uh, he, He. I thought, did a real amazing job, can he took it under his wing a wee bit. and pushed you and helped yeah. you because he had a couple of bad injuries, but he, I always remember can he at the time that, and I, I can example of an older player helping a younger player. It was in the same position really, ultimately, fight for the same position. As such but that I was always thought one thing you know Webble is was, was a great example of an older player helping a, a star coming up, uh, up and coming.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that and that sticks with you. That, that sticks with me as well. Yeah, someone that you, you really look up to and learn a lot from. Yeah, you're right. <laughs>
1: Have
0: you enjoyed that leadership role yourself, Jamie?
2: Yeah, I think in sevens, because there's there's only, you know, 13 of you to travel, seven of you on the pitch, everyone has to have a, a share of that, that leadership role. And there are so many great leaders within this team that, that, that you know, it is really easy. Um, and I mean that, you you just, it's about letting boys take on that responsibility themselves. So it's, it's more about facilitating than, than leading per se. But yeah, no, I absolutely love it. Very. They're very proud to do it
0: well we will be 100 percent behind you guys uh f- from from back home watching the the events of the R- rugby world cup sevens so we wish you really well for that uh and very very appreciate you very grateful for your time given that you're sitting in the sun in la a slightly different setting from what uh, Mossy and i are enjoying but uh wishing you very well for the rugby world cup sevens and thanks for your time chat
3: thanks guys thanks, Caroline. cheers cheers
1: go well folks International rugby is back this autumn. Scotland will face Australia, Fiji, New Zealand and Argentina this October and November at BT Murrayfield Stadium in the Autumn Nations Series. Tickets for Scotland's fixture against New Zealand have already sold out, so secure your tickets now for the other matches.
0: Let's turn to uh, the Fosdox Super 6. It was a clean sweep for the home teams at the weekend with Ayrshire Bulls beating Watsonians 24-17 on Friday night. um, barham Bears took the spoils against Southern Knights uh, 40-28 and Heritage Rugby securing a convincing 47-12 victory over Stirling Wolves. It's been a tough start to the season for Stirling Wolves. Uh, You know, you've yet to record a win, but you know. Teammate Ben Cairns is a fantastic yeah. coach. They've got a great background staff. I'm sure they'll do Yeah, about. and
1: it gets tougher. They, they face Watsonians this week. Yeah. First, uh, yeah, away, I think. First versus yeah. sixth on the table. Top of the table yeah. versus the. It's, yeah. um, it's hard for and they, they actually thought they they came back into the game against Heritage reasonably after Heritage started fast on, on Saturday, but then it's just not clicking for some reason. There's a lot of good individuals, they want to play attack in rugby. I thought the week before against Southern Knights, they they were a wee bit lateral They played across in front of the Southern Knights a little bit at home, and and could have been more incisive. But the some of the you know if you rewind three or four months to the sprint, some of the tries, some of the attacking play was excellent, and it just shows you how finely balanced the games are. So it'll come good. The the the, the staff they have and the the players they have, um, it'll come good. But I do think at the moment, it, well, we know the top two, well, Aaron Watsonians are, are top two. Burnham your Bears are actually third on points difference, yeah. but. Aaron Watson, for me, looked the strongest sides, and that game on Friday night was a. It was as close to a professional game as I think we've seen mm-hmm. in, in Super 6 in terms of the intensity, the physicality. Um, the tries that were scored had to be scored. They were really good tries. It took a lot of scoring, and even though it maybe wasn't as sparkling as some of the other games or some of the attack, I thought it was a real proper tussle, and um, they did really well to, to come out on top... Um, but yeah, the, the other games, I thought, Bears did some really good stuff against the Knights. Some of the Knights scores late on. Finn Douglas coming on scoring a really good uh, try. He's a, he's a young academy player who's just raw pace and power. Um, there's quality in there, but I thought that the two games on the Saturday were, were below that, that game on the Friday night.
0: It's worth mentioning as well, that Watsonians' 15 game winning run actually mm. came to an end, which is an incredible achievement, is perhaps as well. Like I'm not saying this is the case. I hope it's certainly not the case for Sterling Wheels, for example. But sometimes you have a season that's a a transform a transformation yeah. season, and 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 sometimes that just happens, and things have to be are evolving as the season goes on, more for the benefit, perhaps, for the next season.
1: Yeah, uh, I think we see quite a lot of that in Super Six, maybe because a lot of players have progressed out the top towards professional or into professional and international teams to be quicker than some thought or, or even coaches thought as well so you're having to you know can you start again and start again and when you're losing you're, you're not losing you're you're delighted to to pass on the player to, to the level if they want to if they want to progress up to professional ranks
0: and that is the point is that's it? The point. yeah Ultimately which, which the is brilliant
1: it's <laughs> but it's hard Oof. it's hard to fill that void and it, it, that you can fill it and you will fill it and with players come in and then push on even further but it takes time to, to get up to speed, to understand. And I think the, going back to you know, potentially Kenny Watton's in here, they're probably the, mo- the two most settled sides. And that's probably why there is a um, a, a, a level of consistency there that the others are, are searching for. Um, because of that consistency in play and consistency of squad. Uh,
0: moving on, the men's tenants' premiership got underway last weekend with wins for Curry, Edinburgh, Aki's... Uh, Marr and Glasgow Hawks 52 12 at home to Jed Forest Curry and, and mm. well on this occasion Mark Cairns will be pretty uh, <laughs> pretty happy with that start, won't they?
1: Yeah, so some of the tries for that game and, and just look really well executed. Um, some, some of the, and it sounds, it sounds basic, but we talk about you know, world class basics all the time and, and some of the handling for two or three of the, the Curry tries was excellent long passes out in the front, thunder on the ball under pressure from. Jed uh, Defense coming up and in at them it's some some really good examples of uh, scores for, for Currie. you know they'll they'll still be reeling for last year's well, final and you can see that <laughs> you can see it's in the, the, be- the fire in the belly there yeah, you know that is,
0: we're seeing that right through into yeah. this season that's going to make it a really exciting prospect for them. Enbrackie's thirty six seven GHA it's big win. yeah a bit it's a big win isn't it and mm-hmm. it, this it's, it, I think we're setting our stall at this point uh, just. This is the the hardest part, isn't it? The season at the beginning where you're, you're, you're seeing what everybody's been doing well, in the that's pre-season. A, that's
1: what we have just been talking about the The, the difficulties, well, the, the good difficulties of trying to see where your team are at the start of the season and see what's possible, what's capable, seeing are your objectives set right or could you stretch them further or are they way too far in front? And it's always funny. I think you see it in even, even the Premiership football in England in the first three or four weeks in terms of the results left, right and centre. It's really... Early season stuff doesn't r- really always give you an indication of what's going to happen. But at the same time, it's really important to get off to a good start. And uh, there's a few teams got off to a good start the weekend.
0: There's always that phrase, isn't there? Good pre-season. <laughs> no, I know. I've never Sorry. heard a coach say they've had a bad one. Yeah, I know. Uh,
1: how's your pre-season? It was rubbish. <laughs> no, it's been great. We worked well together. So it takes time. It takes time to get everything right. And players up to speed. Uh, injuries, luck, it's all in there. But... Uh, it's a long old season for this players, and it? it even did sell it.
0: And on that, you know, in the women's game, it was a tough one for league newcomers. Geary, uh, they lost uh, 39 5. They were at home to um, Hillhead, Jordan Hill. That's going to take time, isn't it, for them to bed in to get used to the. Yeah, well, we spoke to Geary uh,
1: two or three weeks ago, mm. and, and it's completely new for them. It's mm-hmm. completely new. They've never been there. Hillhead have been in and around a long time, had a lot of success, been involved in finals and championships for the recent. Few years, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, it's it will be exposed to someone new, you, you've no experience of what it's going to be like, so you, you know, ultimately, it's a good learning experience, but you, at the same time, you have to learn fast that's, um, that, that's the, the crucial thing. You can't always say you learn, you've got to learn fast, and it's only a couple of weeks in, and I'm sure, though, i am sure, though. Uh, improve and, and be certainly be strong at home.
0: There's also no relegation uh, yeah. this season, and th- and that has got to be big, isn't it? Well, we're we're looking to expand the the league to to eight teams for next season. Hence, why there's no relegation. Does that make a difference? Do you think for all sides in in the women's Tenants premiership? I
1: think it does. I, I think the the fear of rele- rele- relegation often, and, and a lot of sports, it's topical again, and certainly in. Uh, in the Galca Premiership in England. we've you know with the, the ring fence and as a topic has been on like for, for for a long time i i think the threat of relegation can influence how you play quite considerably interesting i do i think it can um now it, that it, might as be a, mind, that, as that, a mindset that, or, yeah, yeah and that might not be a bad thing mm-hmm. you know it, 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 that could be a good thing in terms of how do you win what do you need to do what decisions you need to make under pressure in order to get that win because it's all about that win um or it could be you don't want to take a risk you don't want to go for a uh you know a a style of play that's maybe going to be not high risk but oh, more flair reward. but yeah, potentially yeah, like it, different so, so it's yeah, there's two change of thought but i do think the threat of relegation can can affect the way that you want to play or, or you, you like to play you try and find the the way that's going to work best but in terms of tennis premiership certainly for, for women where you do want to progress and improve and, and drive standards and keep, you know, being inspired by what the women are doing and, and fill that, you know, uh, kind of next generation. I think having the, the freedom to play attacking rugby, winning rugby as well, um, I think it's a good thing.
0: And that's what we're seeing, I, absolutely, at the moment. Well, plenty of rugby championship action to look forward to again this weekend. Um and it's set to be the closest tournament for a long time. Australia beat South Africa 25-17 last weekend. But it was Argentina. they mm. they made history uh, by beating the All Blacks in New Zealand, in, actually in New Zealand for, for the first time, 18-25. If they win again this weekend, Argentina are set to leapfrog the All Blacks to fifth in the world rankings. In the world rankings. Oh, good start. Yeah, I think that. that's that's it. Uh, hope that one's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but but ultimately. And
1: they were about ninth or tenth uh, recently. So so um, when
0: you look at what's in their top yeah. of the table at the moment, as it stands, Argentina. What an exciting time um, yeah. for for their rugby for for the Pumas.
1: And you think of how frustrated we were two months ago, three months ago, when it mm-hmm. was to lose that third test. In Argentina, to lose a series, it's um,
0: it, it shows you, doesn't it? What, what, what we're talking
1: is? about games being won and lost in fine margins, like the international game at the moment is it's so like you can get quite a big result having almost no difference between the standard of a player. Like it's just the momentum changes with one result or, or one instance in the field or one example of a a, a piece of brilliance or, or a mistake. So it's so finely balanced. Um, but I think to be honest, Argentina that that game against New Zealand was you know, quite obviously won on defence and mm-hmm. their attitude, uh, whereas I think the game that they beat us in the third test was won on attack, they were sparkling attack you know, pushed to force it offload to get that second touch to f- you know, funnel through the support channels so they're building an all-round game, I know they're here in <laughs> November again Which as feels of a Australia. Lot sooner after last year as S- New Zealand, before. so it's uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, these games, Gregor and his staff will be watching these games closely with that in mind as well, as looking at individuals and everything ahead of world cup year but argentina's defense was was it the weekend i do think new zealand's attack has maybe lost a bit of cohesion lost a bit of flow and that maybe down to confidence i think ireland beating new zealand and new zealand had a big effect on opposition teams mm-hmm. because they now made it you know you can go to new zealand and win but it probably had a bigger effect on new zealand as a team thinking oh, actually we can be beaten at home as well mm-hmm. so it's a it's a two uh, a two way thing. Now they've got brilliant players, brilliant absolutely, you know, still world class side who who can who can strike. Um, look as if they're maybe, you know, lacking confidence a little bit in terms of attack and structure and shape. Um but if Argentina defend as well as that then those day games and King Boff kicking his penalties left, right, and centre. His yeah. boots, goodness <laughs> me! I mean, what? That was six penalties. Yeah. He
0: converted the the Gonzalez try. Mm-hmm. It, it was just clinical. Like Chris, what? Did, what is it from a from a, a skill point of view? What is it about the way he strikes? He, he hits a sweet spot every time. He
1: practices. I know it sounds really dull. Yeah, uh, and he does. It was one of two things. He, he works really hard. He works hard on a lot of things. But he um, uh, he. The day he arrived at Edinburgh last year was a Monday morning, The on when it was November last year, because he'd finished the season with Argentina. The Sunday before, the, su- the Sunday afternoon before, like literally a few hours before, he'd missed two really, what you'd say, kickable kicks in or around in front of the post against Ireland and Dublin. Um, and then the, the, <laughs> three o'clock, four o'clock on the Sunday afternoon, by the 10 o'clock on the Monday morning, he was out kicking at Murrayfield in a new club. And everybody's like, bof he's welcome, welcome, but like, yeah. should you not know be taking the <laughs> time off? In. Oh, I need to get in it. And <laughs> he he works so so hard. He he um, he understands his process. He understands what he would do. But like the pressure that's mounting on him, because he didn't really start last season as a frontline kicker either. He no. was more it was more or less like, any, initially a long range kicker for the for the Pumas, and then um, through." Kind of European stuff last year with Edinburgh, he became frontline kicker and kicking, and he just loves that responsibility. But he works so hard, and he spends so many hours on it. And it's great to see him and getting the awards. It's uh, it's a worry for November when he <laughs> yeah. comes here in yeah, the blue a, and white. It's but a bit of a mixed blessing. <laughs> is, I mean,
0: Mike, Mike will be uh, Mike Blair will be very happy about what he's seen. Yeah,
1: but... no, it's it's it's. I mean, again, doing it under that pressure at home, you know, is one thing. But on the road uh, in New Zealand, it was great to see. Him. You can see the effect it has on his teammates here at Edinburgh and everybody knows I'm here at Kenny Edmund Edinburgh and Scotland have a big smile on their face when you when you see him succeeding.
3: Well,
0: we call him King Buff for a reason. <laughs> um, we did tap into it slightly there. The results aren't going for um, for New, New Zealand. Uh, they're not going their way at the moment. From a squad's perspective, how hard is it when your head coach is under the k- kind of pressure that Ian Foster is from the media? Are you able to close the doors, close ranks on that? or
1: uh, I, th- I, th- I think you, you're aware of it. Um, but I think if you're being honest and honest you would kind of look at yourself more than anybody else that like you I don't think many players would want the coach to be under that much pressure and not feel the pressure themselves I think I think the the responsibility and the pressure is probably shared en masse from players coaches support staff everybody you all feel it um, maybe to the outside it, it looks as like if most of it is on the is on the coach which it ultimately is it has responsibility but I don't think there will be anybody feeling less pressure than being Foster in in the in the New Zealand team because you just you share that you share that pressure uh, and you feel responsible for anything when things are and going well. Not a lot has to change for things to go right, as I said. How fine margins are in international rugby, um, but the pressure's certainly building, and um, you know you can imagine the the atmosphere inside the squad this week as uh, the New Zealand squad is prepare to play Argentina again. It's It'll be, it'll be huge but you have to have a clear head and what wins the game is good decisions under pressure at the right time good skill execution um, so you have to use that pressure on you to make sure that your decisions are good your execution is good you don't let that pressure crumble
0: well this weekend is going to be massive for the rugby championship I mean if we we take a look back world champions South Africa mm. <laughs> they're at the foot of the table they're probably at yeah. the table Um They've uh, made eight changes to their side that lost to Australia. Um, but some of them, those are enforced through injury. There were a few key moments in that game that I'm sure would ruffle uh, <laughs> South African feathers. What did you make of the game? How did you?
1: I, I, I've been impressed by Australia for quite a while. I think we did something. I can't remember how long it was. It was one or podcast. I can't remember even who we were speaking to. So my like, But, you know, say, so what's your Kenny you Tip? Or who do you think? You're looking ahead, I think, to the, the November test... I, I, can, I see Australia being a real threat. Mm-hmm. And I know we've got a brilliant record here against them. We do. Recent uh, in recent, been recent years. Um, but I just see them as having a... And knowing Dave, his time at Glasgow, Dave Rennie, and how he likes to approach games, attack-minded, and some of the, the kind of individual power units they have, trying to play that really fast, abrasive game that Dave likes, I think it's coming together really well. So I, I think Australia are, are looking really, really good. Um, South Africa, I think you know, again, world champions and I keep saying the same thing time and time again, there's so fine margins between getting it right and getting it wrong and then they got on the wrong side of a few things they're probably looking to grow their game a little bit um, and maybe taking a bit of punishment for that at the moment because it isn't quite as controlled as we've seen Um, but I assume that's because they want to push their game on because they know if they stand still and still be exceptionally good at what has given them success in the future, that's probably not Good enough. you have to be a World Cup. Is no, it? you have to chase it. You have to figure out new ways, uh, develop new strategies, develop new attacking edges, new defensive. You can't stand still. And I think what uh, South Africa try to do at the moment is is maybe move the game on a wee bit, and it's just not quite as controlled as as the. The blueprint that they've been working over in the last two or three years it has given them so much success.
0: Well, you know, Dave Rennie. I mean, do you think he'll have had any thoughts, potentially, any words on on Nick White's uh, <laughs> reaction uh, to after Clerk's... Uh, I'd imagine
1: clip? so. I'd imagine so. It's uh, it's funny how these things dominate. I mean, you've got an amazing test match, and that's probably the most the dominant thing that everybody speaks about. And it's just nonsense, isn't it? Just. I mean, t-
0: I mean, when we see an overreaction to to. Uh, you know, there there was a there was an infringement yeah. there. But when we see an overreaction like that, it just doesn't sit well with rugby no, fans. Does no, no, it? it
1: doesn't. It doesn't. And and, and you know what? The can kind of peer pressure will force that out of the game. You'd imagine. You'd hope. He uh,
0: it, it would have got a bit of stick. Of for that, yeah, yeah he? of course. Okay. I mean, yeah,
1: of course would. Yeah, I'd imagine so. <laughs> I'd imagine unless the game's not changed, has, has changed so much since I was involved. Uh, yeah, I mean it's. Uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's a an instance that was a bit silly, and everybody who's involved will probably know it and maybe take the mickey a wee bit and hopefully don't see it again.
0: We've covered a lot of ground Chris uh, today, it's been a busy day, it's always a pleasure Uh, thanks also to Kieran Beatty and Jamie Farndale for joining us from LA, we'll be back next week with more on the official Scottish Rugby podcast